We're building bridges by tearing down walls between internationals and Danes living in Denmark. Join us on a deep dive into the most pressing issues in Danish society, according to internationals. Covering Danish society from Greenland to Gililai. In-studio debates, live chats and more. Experts, expats, Danes and internationals coming together to recover what got lost in translation. All right, I am super excited because on this day that we're recording, it's the 1st of December. Mm. And it's not because it's the beginning of Christmas, because I'm actually not that type of person that goes absolutely <laughs> crazy and bonkers when it's the 1st of December. But... You're not getting your advent calendar candles out? Or? No, you have to, when you grow up like part Danish, part Jewish, you have to limit how much you grasp of each <laughs> cultural side. You, know? you have to mild, what is it called? Moderate the culture. Moder- moder- moderate the cultural <laughs> I input. need to moderate my culture this month. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I wouldn't want to be called out for that. But you um, have this Yule calendar. <laughs> so the, the, I had a thought before coming today because I'm sitting with the, the quick lotto um, Christmas calendar. Christmas calendar, I think, is I feel like it's a very Danish thing. Yes. And uh, so we do it like every day leading up to Christmas, which is the 24th in Denmark. We open another um, window and there's a new hint. We have like TV dramas. There's all kinds of things. And I'm sitting with the one where you can win money. Oh, yes. And I, I think just to like point on the stereotypes, I thought it was quite ironic that a, a Scotsman and a Jew are sitting with the yeah. the calendar that came with you. But it's when I discovered this like a year or two years ago and mm. it was like, oh, wow, this is an interesting way. It's kind of like, But yeah, it's also fun, you know. Scratch card. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Also, so gamble responsible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have two ancestors who both gambled away all the interior of the house, so like, I'm not very comfortable. But we, 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 let's go for it. Okay, so we're opening up a window, and it's also the first of December, so it's so anticlimax because nothing is going to happen. But I got a Christmas. You got tree. a Yuletree. A Yuletree. So how many Yuletrees do you need to win the million? Ten. Ten. So we're off to a good start. So one, one down, nine to go. I already did mine. Yeah, because I was impatient you and did I was all of it. like one eulogy away from a million. Oh wow, it's typical, isn't it? It's typical. I'm oh wait, I'm gonna do the admin one as well. Let's see. It's a sleigh. It's a sleigh, sleigh queen. Yes. Oh, that's nothing. It's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Apparently, it's absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh well, I have four more days there. If I get if I get a snowman, I get five thousand kronos. Really, and the advent thing. So just yeah. explain. It's basically a calendar. It's got Santa and Mrs. Claus in the middle dancing. In this one, I I, f- I believe that there are interchangeable images, so you you can be very lucky to get a different image. It doesn't have to be Santa Claus and Miss Santa dancing around. <laughs> Miss <Make> Santa, <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Claus. Yeah. <laughs> if it is Mrs. Claus, we don't know. <laughs> Scandal. No. We live in a very <laughs> open time. Ken. From the North Pole to Gilalai, <laughs> <laughs> bringing you all of the gossip. About Santa Claus and his elves. <laughs> all right. So. Yeah, so there are 24 days. Um, if you get, and you can, you have to, of course, collect different images. Uh, the most you can win is, is uh, 1 million kroner, which is, and okay. you have to get 10 Christmas trees for that. The, the, the lowest price is, um, for the days, is uh, 50 kroners. You have to get three stars for that. Okay. And my grandparents, they get this every year. Yeah. They only won one year, and that was a 50 kroners. And it, it costs 50 kroners. Yeah. So they, they basically evened out their investment. Um, <laughs> good for them. 
<laughs> so if in a month's time you're not on the podcast anymore, it's because she's won the million kroner. No. I'll still be on the podcast, but I'll be recording from the Bahamas. I'll tell you that. <laughs> So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna play along with this, I mean, you can buy them in any sort of store. Yeah, <laughs> like, how like you said that I don't know, kiosk. store. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm supermarket because I've done it twice now and I still have one a million kroner. I love those. I'm against it. Like, it's, if it's fundamentally against your values, but you're just against it because you haven't won. Yeah, I'm just salty. But you yeah. can buy them. You can buy them in all I the supermarkets. I want my money. <laughs> Fifty kroner, and if you win a million, then yeah, please feel free to donate to your favorite podcast <laughs> hashtag radio lit dk hashtag radio or at radio lit dk paypal number no <laughs> right so um that was our that was our attempt at christmas <laughs> <laughs> it's all right hanukkah is coming up later this month we'll oh, dive into that as well you need to explain that to me but okay <laughs> <laughs> next episode <laughs> all right cam now that well, the, the, the scratching is out of the way. <laughs> um, let me just play this clip for you. Hvad tror du, det iranske landshold, der for få timer siden undlede at synge med på deres nationalsang i protest mod deres eget voldelige regime? Hvad tror du, de tænker om det danske mod og den danske moral? Det ved jeg ikke. Det skal du spørge spillerne om. Jeg ved ikke, om de iranske spillere er blevet sanktioneret for ikke at synge med på deres nationalmyndighed i rent sportsligt. Det er de ikke. Vi er sammen med andre europæiske lande. Men så er det til at skyde. De nogle andre ting. Right, so uh, what we just heard is news anchor TV2 Cecilia Beck asking the head or the director of the Danish Football Association, DBU, uh, his name is Peter Müller, what he thinks the Iranian team who were seen uh, covering their mouths and not singing along to the national anthem in protest of what's going on in Iran, what they think of the Danish Display of courage and morale after Denmark decided to give up on wearing the One Love armband. To which, Peter Miller replies, you have to ask them as they are not risking any sports sanctions like we do with their stunt. And to which Cecilia Beck interrupts him <laughs> to say, no, but I have to remind you, they risk other things yes. such as their lives. So, yeah, in the last moments before the FIFA World Cup kicked off in Qatar, Denmark, along with England, Wales, Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands and Switzerland, backed out of wearing the One Love armband in support of LGBTQ plus rights. This came after FIFA, the Football Association, threatened to impose sanctions. Yes, those sanctions included, for example, that a yellow card would be given to the captain of the Danish national team, meaning he would have to play in the following matches already with a yellow card and would risk, if he got another yellow card, to be kicked out of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, horrifying. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, the, the World Cup... Um, Probably, even if you're not a football <laughs> fan, you should know about it by now. It's <laughs> taking place in Qatar this year, uh, where same-sex relationships are banned. They're illegal. And according to global humanitarian rights organization, Human Rights Watch, the LGBTQ plus individuals um, living there have been arrested and mistreated as recently as September this year. Yes, FIFA have announced that they would present the yellow card to captains wearing the armband. Other sanctions supposedly including not being able to book matches... The One Love armband was first introduced by the Netherlands in 2020. And in a statement back then, Netherlands captain Virgil van Dijk said, This is an important message which suits the game of football. On the field, everybody is equal, and this should be the case in every place in society. With the One Love band, we express this message. 
However, the ambans do actually break regulations because according to rule 4.3 of the FIFA's equipment regulations, no item of playing kits or other clothing or equipment or otherwise may be worn or used in any controlled area in FIFA um, if FIFA considers that it is dangerous, offensive or indecent. And this includes political, religious or personal slogans, statements or images or otherwise does not comply in full with the laws of the game. And my favourite person, the former Prime Minister, <laughs> Hela Toning-Schmidt, former Danish Prime Minister, who has been head of the Danish Football Union's Committee on Governance and Development since 2019, was seen at Denmark's first match in Qatar wearing a blue sweater with rainbow-coloured elbows. Toning-Schmidt has stated that she supports the Danish national team's decision and that they cannot blame for their choice given the dilemma that they were facing. Still your favourite person? We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Iran's national teams risked their lives and made a clear protest against their totalitarian regime, which has also gone viral. Yeah. Um, before going to the games, however, the Danish Football Association wrote on Twitter, we aren't threatening to stay away. We are threatening to show up and display our values. So some um, some media okay. <laughs> has criticized that the armband the armband was a golden opportunity to put action behind the statement, and that they sadly missed it like a sour penalty kick. Oh. I believe was the quote oh, wow. by the Danish independent media Frisbell. <laughs> Qatar has been under scrutiny uh, scrutiny for the country's treatment of foreign workers who make up ninety five percent of the labor force in the country. Qatar officials admit that around 40 workers have died during the building of the World Cup stadiums. An analysis by The Guardian, a British newspaper, reveals that 6,500 migrant workers from India, Nepal and Pakistan have died since the Games were awarded to Qatar in 2010. However, death records were not categorised by occupation or place of work. Yeah, and so I wanted to put that into perspective. So I actually looked up some statistics online. Um, and in comparison, um, you know, the, the, the following numbers that we found relating to um, death and work-related deaths are from Arbeitstilsynet, which is the public body for work environment in Denmark. Uh, they only had a period of six years, so going back to 2016. But in that period, a total of 88 people have died from accidents in, in work, similar to that of of the construction uh, that the construction workers were yeah. facing in Qatar. So this is building and demolition, uh, plaster, glass and concrete works, construction work, transport of goods. And then I also included the category unspecified um, to just get all the numbers in there. And with that in total, we're looking at 88 people. In Denmark. In Denmark. Okay. So that compares to the supposedly only 40 people or as well, according to The Guardian, it was 6,500. Yeah. The whole point of this is that there are a lot of controversies going on at this year's yes. World Cup. Um, and what we're diving into is the display or lack of display yeah. from the side of the Danish national team. Cam, I, I'm curious to hear you, first of all, what did you hear when not just Denmark, but that number of these European countries decided to not wear the One Love armband? Um... Not really surprised because as an LGBTQ plus individual, no, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go for it today. I was like, you weren't, <laughs> you weren't surprised. No, no. because uh, every year at Pride, we mm. love to, um, we love to, companies love to get the rainbow flags out, mm. um, and you know, show support, profit uh, off of it. Yeah, and then when it actually 
comes down to it, mm. which I think this is a very good uh, situation to really do show our support for these rights. Um, yep, didn't show up, mm. and I feel like that's a common thing with this subject. But yeah. Um, I also have a connection to the state of Qatar because I used to work for. I'm trying to be. How do I be discreet? I used to work for a national company of Qatar. Mm. Uh, airline um <laughs> and i understand the situation in the state of qatar and i was not really surprised that everybody kind of bended to mm. the to the pressure from them what what i feel is is so annoying is that on on the positive side i think it's great that we're starting to see these more global events take places in arab countries to sort of diversify our understanding of the world. I think it's important to also highlight other cu cultures and other nationalities. What I think is a shame is that everyone knows and have known for a long time that there are a lot of issues, human rights issues in yeah. Qatar, and there is a golden opportunity to actively push against um, both the country, but also FIFA, really push against this stronghold that FIFA has on, it, on all these things. And yet there seems to be this naive understanding that sports should remain sports and politics cannot be involved and it's it's just it's never been able to separate the two the moment you have international matches the moment yeah. you have something going across countries and cultures you will see politics involved mm -hmm. whether you like it or not yeah and for, i think for me what what was the most frustrating point about the danish um, football association's um, lack of display or decision to not wear this one love armband is that we Denmark continues to talk about the Danish values and, and wanting to promote this. And we even made it a, a part of the, the freaking citizens test. You have to take a test now on what are Danish values yeah. in order to get a citizenship here. And when it then comes to actually standing up for those values, yeah. we don't have the backbone to do it. No. And I was as a Dane, that was I was really disappointed. Because yeah. do you wanna do you wanna, you know, win the World Cup? without with you know without having ever done anything to change change the the narrative about this was qatar do you want to say well you know what we didn't win the world cup because we got a yellow card but we stood up for the values that we believe in and it's just a bit disappointing because you would think that fifa maybe in a way they're trying to be above all this and they're all about the sporting um the sporting side of the the world cup and and I think no. they're desperately trying to make it about sports, yeah. and but they, it's quite naive that they think it can only be about sports. Yeah, and they they would understand that when, you know, it comes into the press about you know when the press starts analysing LGBTQ plus rights in the state of Qatar or migrant workers' rights in the state of Qatar, that they would not be under scrutiny if that makes sense. Mm. So it, I would have expected FIFA to maybe take more of a back seat from it all but it seems like they're very much digging in with uh, well these are the rules you can't wear these mm. armbands because if you I mean we read the rule earlier it's a very blanket rule but when it was introduced in the Netherlands back yeah. and it, like it didn't seem there was that much buzz around it or no but there, there's a there's a it seems to be a huge motion from FIFA to to support Qatar on on all yeah. points of decision what I what I think is well first of all I think it has to be said I don't think either of us are huge football no. fans <laughs> so I think it would also make a difference uh, if one of us were actually like a diehard football fan and decided yeah. to boycott the matches which has happened I know people yeah. who love watching football and decided to say well I'm not going to watch it this year what what I think is like the the dissonance or the disconnect 
between, um, if you look at the Danish Football Association and what's going on, is that the Danish, there was even um, one of the players from the Danish team who said, like, I think it's gone overhand. I think we need to focus on football and talk about football and start talking about these things. And I personally think that that's just naive and it's impossible. Yeah. This year's yeah. World Cup is about anything but football. Yeah, because it's such a, con it's been held in a, uh, state that has a lot of controversies yeah. yeah but also because even if the danish team doesn't want to do a lot of things the english national team took a knee the iranian team decided to cover their mouths during the national anthem um you know it's it, there are so many other teams that are you know agreeing to this being a platform for making a political statement for for co coming together around equality um, and the fact that the, the, the Danish team is, is trying to avoid this conflict, yeah. for me, seems very saying of kind of the Danish mindset. Culturally on brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> We're living up to the red and white, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's just a shame because there is an opportunity to, to push out there. And really, if we look at it, what could, what could Denmark risk? What could we risk? We, we could have risked not have gone, you know, not winning the World Cup. We didn't win anyway. We just yeah, lost to Australia, now. you know. Yeah. So, so in th again, the point is, years from now, do you want to say we won the World Cup, or years from now, you want to say we actually stood up for the Danish values? But then I also come in with the the other side of it. Um, we had it in Russia before, mm. and we probably went through this same sort of. I remember when we had it in Russia and they were talking about the, the LGBTQ plus mm. rights in Russia. I mean, was there was a lot of protests and it was kind of like very uh, in your face and there was protests in Moscow and it was like, this is ridiculous. And big footballers from different national teams that were, that were speaking out ag against it. But it's funny to see that we're still in this position. Mm. We're still talking about it. So the, the display that was in Russia... You know, it didn't really, like, now that didn't work, so now we have to have the display in, mm. in Qatar, if you... Yeah, but and, and also, it's weird to see this kind of... Because there, there was the issue in Russia, and there was also issue with the, the Olympics in Beijing, um, yeah. when in regards to um, human rights, yet it seems to be much more vocalized this year. And I, I can't help but ask myself, is it because it's a Muslim country that is hosting? What? Why is there such an increased attention to what's going on there? Without being able to say yeah. that that's the reason, but why weren't we equally as vocal when it came to China, Russia, yeah. you know? Yeah. And in, in any case, I what I believe is that if you have something like the World Cup or uh, even Eurovision, the cup, which also just took place in Egypt, and you, you're hosting it on different locations around the world, you're bound to hit a location where there are controversies yeah. and issues continuing to ignore the, that political aspect for me is just naive, especially in a modern day society where we are so informed about what's yeah. going on yeah. all around the world. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, I think I've, the person I think I, what we've seen is kind of this detachment between uh, the old generation and the new generation, the old generation who still believes that it can all be about sports and it's happy go lucky and the new generation that's saying, no, we need, we need to change the narratives and we need to, rethink how we do things yeah world cup sure it's a sports event does that mean it has to only be about sports yeah it is a platform for for discussion so at least for discussion it should be a platform yeah you don't have to you know necessarily go out and i don't know set the stadium on fire or whatever extreme yeah. <laughs> um measurement you want to go to yeah no i i yeah i agree i just 
I also have an expe- have experience with with Qatar. Yeah, tell me about that. The Qatar. <laughs> in my, uh, the Qataris are friends with everyone, um, and you have to understand that Qatar, even twenty years ago, thirty years ago, was not the same as it is today. Mm. Like, uh, you, you, there's lots of things on. If you if you search around, you'll see all these kind of like glow up videos where it talks about Qatar and the Emirates in general. Mm. Forty years ago, and considering what it is now today i think even just since they were granted the the, the world cup in 2010 uh, you know it, qatar has built like emerged from the desert is kind oh, of the expression yeah. that people use so it even just in the past 10 years it's changed tremendously yeah when i hung out in qatar i felt like it was um the 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 meeting of modernity and the old times and you can go into Doha, which is the capital, and you can drink, you know, coffee in the street. Women are driving, which I know is like, <laughs> sorry, but in that part of the they world, are? I know. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you compare it to the other, the, the neighbouring states. You know, it's quite equal mm. um, in terms of women's rights and men's rights mm. compared to the neighbouring states. Mm. I just watched something, actually, it was about... Um, uh, a, a Qatari woman who was the first uh, private woman pilot in the Arabic world, but that was like in the n- like the early two thousands. Mm. So I'm not advocating. I'm not you know arguing the case. Everyone, I'm not a Qatari representative, but I would just take it into two hands and go, okay. I understand their their record on LGBTQ plus rights is a bit sketchy, but so is like sixty nine other countries where the death mm. penalty and there are criminal prosecutions for uh, being LGBTQ plus. Mm. We're not, you know, um, trashing those countries. Like I, I recently, I there was a Saudi Arabia game mm. um, against I don't know who it was, but there was a lot of people. They had put on such a great performance as a football team. I think they scored like four goals against Argentina. It was Argentina. Gotcha. They beat Argentina. Oh my God, we're so like not football. <laughs> exactly. Argentina. It's a game where people <laughs> kick a ball, yeah. right? <laughs> There's a ball in ball. <laughs> no, but they played Argentina and they scored lots of goals and they won against Argentina. And Argentina is, I've been told, the best football team in the world. Messi. Messi. Yeah, there we go. There, There's that a That I knew. That I knew. <laughs> So everyone's like, yeah, Saudi Arabia, you know, against that. But it's like, you know, Saudi Arabia is pretty brutal. <laughs> like, <laughs> they hang people in the street. Yeah. Like, <laughs> are we not, you know? But it, I mean, of course, it, I mean? Well, if there's a big event that will also draw the attention, I think w- you can compare to the lack of attention to Egypt during the COP27. Yeah. Uh, Egypt has also uh, been scrutinized for bre- uh, breaching human uh, rights. And yeah. yet, <laughs> even before COP, I think even before COP is started, the Danish media at least was focusing solely on the World Cup. And I think that, like, what I'm just c- interested in is kind of this is the Danish perspective or the Danish media and society's handling of the whole thing. Because I, I, I really feel like it's been, you know, like, like you just said, we live up to the standard of like just avoiding conflict yeah. or at least trying to patch it by being nice. You know, I saw a guy who said, who, who wrote a post online, he said, like, um, I feel conflicted about, you know, being a football fan and watching the World Cup this year because of where it's taking place. So I'm going to donate 100 kroners for every match I watch to the Red Cross. It's like, yeah, okay. Great, yeah. You feel better now? Yeah, exactly. You You really stood up for your values. (laughs) But I think as 
Use them to go to the dentist. <laughs> we'll, we'll more on that later. <laughs> but I have just, uh, with my, my time around the world, I've realised <laughs> that um, as Denmark is, uh, is a major player, it's a small country, but it's a major player on the international stage, and also Qatar is a major player. So maybe there is also the, the media is being soft with it because Qatar... It's better to have them as a friend than an enemy, if that makes sense. Money talks. Money obviously. talks, bullshit. That's how it is. That's yeah. it is. But it's, again, of course money talks, but there is that aspect. Like Denmark is really trying to promote itself as a, a, a forefront uh, country to do business with based on doing ethical business, you yeah. know, in, in digital ethics, in, in, in green transition, so really doing business in the right way to try and build a better world. That, at least that's what we're trying to sell ourselves on in the world. But then when it comes to things like this, it's being so cautious and being so careful. It, it just, it doesn't push progress forward and at least not quick enough in my opinion. No. And I think, I think in terms of, um, I think it's just even the whole aspect, whether, you know, wearing the one love armband or not, the point is just even, even the act of discussing it or debating it seems to be not accepted. Like it, it seemed as if, there was just there was this aspect of like poor poor Danish national team for potentially being sanctioned. I mean, I'm really sorry. Your favorite person, Helen Tony Smith, as well said that. Um, you know, she un completely understood that there was a dilemma they were put in um, for for potentially receiving a yellow card, and you know that could that could really damage a, a potential future match. Yeah. And you're on the one hand you're like yes and then the, on the other hand you see the Iranian national team who might be returning home to be thrown into jail or who god who knows what can happen to them yeah. and so it all of a sudden you know those sanctions seemed really like with no importance and no meaning and yeah. so i i just i i think personally it's sometimes we we i think this has been a real wake up call to a lot of Danes really saying like look at the privilege we have and when we feel like we have our back against the wall, do we really have our back against the wall? No. Is a yellow card really the back against the yeah, wall? Yeah, no. But on the flip side, Helen Toning Schmidt with the rainbow things. Mm. She um, did. She did what she could. I mean, she did what she could. Mm. I've seen an article from uh, from the UK where Welsh football fans that were wearing rainbow coloured hats. Mm were getting them taken off them as they went yeah. into the stadium. That was a mistake, I believe, because Qatar had said that they wouldn't ban fans from wearing rainbow colors. Okay, so. but I mean, Hela, at least she did something that she could. I mean, she is. I mean, she was like in the press with it. She mm. was being filmed, and so the message kind of got out there. But it probably would have made it, as you said, it would have made it the perfect. Um, stand up mm. if the players did it i think it also goes back to like the symbolism of, of the one love uh well the rainbow right because um just to give some credit to the director of dbu that we heard previously in the interview he was actually wearing the one love armband and yeah. on camera from qatar so he's also you know it's not like they're they're completely just like bowing down to fifa and qatar um but what I feel like is you mentioned earlier this thing about as soon as um, it's like pride, then every brand goes out and says one love and they realize that people love the rainbow colored flag. So they try to profit off of it. And people tend to really forget what are actually the struggles and the history and everything that lies behind. Why did that one love, like the yeah. rainbow flag? What is it that it represents? 
and having that representation on a former prime minister come in it's like it's great it's nice to see the support but it would it would just have such a bigger effect in terms of pushing narratives and standing up for what you believe in if the captain of the yeah. team had worn it the guy it, that's on on the camera the whole time exactly yeah. and the, and the guy was actually saying i know we're risking our chances and our, I know we're risking potentially my 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 opportunity to be in the matches during this World Cup, but I'd rather stand up for what I believe in than, you know, play yeah. football an extra day. Yeah, exactly. Again, not a huge football fan and no. not a professional footballer myself, so I cannot I can't say what kind of dilemma you're put in, but I just know that that's the moment where I would if it would give me a, a bad enough gut feeling to say like yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna listen to them i'm gonna yeah. do what i believe is right i mean the fifa there's that famous thing the fifa as a president was saying today i feel gay today i feel disabled today i feel like a migrant worker yeah. have you seen this video it's kind of been going on the rounds on tiktok yeah yeah he, he looks he looks very angry in the way he's like i can't believe you know like like he's scolding everyone who yeah. wanted to wear the one love armband yeah. for not behaving like nice children you know yeah but like can i just say qatar mm. if you get a chance to visit it is a nice <laughs> place <laughs> but I mean, yeah i've seen i know people who are there, get your are shit there in order, yeah. <laughs> the planet is a nice place you know like there are many great places to visit around the world yeah. just sometimes they happen to have like totalitarian regimes and non-humanitarian rights compliant um governments managing the place you know so i don't know who's going to win the world cup <laughs> i hope <laughs> good don't luck don't, don't we have an football uh, players isn't isn't there an octopus uh this year who's oh kind yeah, of predicted what yeah. was that was that germany and spain it was something like that yeah. i remember yeah scotland's not in it so i don't have any no. do you support any team denmark you did you have a clap a hat you know Cam, you know me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do I even have the Danish flag at home? No, no. I just see a lot of these clapper hats. It's, it's, like a, a it's invented in Denmark, that's why. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm sure it is. Why, why did I sound so proud were, when I said that? Like, oh. Did you know that we invented them? <laughs> we were actually at the forefront of clapper <laughs> exactly, hat manufacturing. Exactly. So Danish contributions to the world, Lego, hypocrisy, and clapper hat. <laughs> but also clapper hat, you call someone a clapper hat if they're... Clap hat. Yeah, if they're an idiot, yeah, no? Yeah, exactly. It's not clap head. Oh, sorry. But clap head. Okay. I mean, I think... Yeah. But also, it, it kind of, you know, explains everything that that phrase is also used to call someone an idiot. So it really... Yeah. <laughs> really goes to show. <laughs> yeah, so that was our football. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we'll see what happened. The World Cup is still on. Still, uh... The uniforms are nice. It's <laughs> fancy. I don't know. I love that. I what it's great. It's a great fashion show. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they hit the ball hard. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So another topic that we wanted to explore uh, for some time is access to affordable dental care in Denmark. Yeah, so this is a hot topic not just amongst like uh danes we talk about it in my family a lot but i also i keep seeing it like pop up on facebook groups for example expats in copenhagen which is a pretty um popular and active group on facebook for internationals mm. so unlike general health care dental care is not free in denmark although you can get it subsidized via insurance for example if you are a member of denmark yes so that's kind of like an 
in insurance agency where you get you can you have to pay to be part of it, but then you can get subsidized different kind of healthcare insurances, these things. Um, yeah, so the thing in Denmark is that up until the age of 18, dental care is free. You know, so I, I was part of going to school, we would have uh, regular dental care checkups and it would be sort of in the middle of class, you would get, you would have a slip and you would be able to leave school early because you had to go see the dentist. Yeah. So fortunately, I never had a fear of dentists because I, l I loved being able to leave school. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, check out my mouth. I don't care. Like, <laughs> if I can skip math, I'm happy. <laughs> So, but then when you, once you turn uh, 18, it becomes an expense. And actually, most citizens choose to not prioritize this uh, expense. So that's according to a new documentary that the Danish TV station TV2 um, has launched, uh, which is highlighting the issue of dental care in Denmark. And um, a study by Copenhagen University showed that 40% of Danes do not seek out regular dental checkups. And if you look at low-income families, it's, uh, it's more close to 70%. Yeah. So according to a professor at the Danish Institute of Dentistry, Espen Biosko Uzehat, yeah. <laughs> this is creating a social A team and B team when it comes to dental care. Those who can afford it and those who cannot and therefore suffer from it. Yeah. I think A-team and B-team is a term we use a lot in Denmark, but it is to really show that divide. I guess in the UK, you would say working class versus middle class yeah. or middle class to upper class. Yeah. According to Danish law, patients who have undergone chemo or radiation therapy or have specific chronic medical conditions, they are entitled to dental care subsidies. And certain individuals may also be able to get free referrals through their municipality. However, like many things in the Danish system, the process is highly bureaucratic yeah. and requires a number of documents to to back your application. And according to this documentary as well, that means just a lot of people give up before they even try. I have dental care because of my job, because of mm. the depression and stuff. So maybe also, yeah, so some professions do. Mm. I know, airline crew, for example. The question is whether it should actually be made three. And it's been a hot, hot topic in, in the, the political debate, actually, amongst different parties. And there was, a, I remember someone from uh, SF uh, who ran on the promise to make dental care yeah. free. So it's definitely something that's been discussed. So today we are speaking to uh, Louis-Marie Richard, a French dentist living and working here in Denmark. So Louis recently posted on Expats in Copenhagen that his clinic, or the clinic he's working for, uh, was offering 500 krona vouchers uh, to first-time international visitors to help them get dental care that they cannot normally Afford. Why did your clinic decide to make a voucher for internationals? Um, so, basically, the voucher is not only for internationals, it's mostly for new patients. This is kind of a way to attract new patients. Um, but this isn't like something very specific to our clinic because most of the clinics in Copenhagen have such an offer. It's like not always on the same form. Some some of them, they have like, they can give like a gift cards for Magasin du Nord and uh, like, like this kind of, uh, this kind of shops can be like Amazon card so we just decided to give like 500 kroners like discount on the treatments that could be done after the first visit it's not a thing that we that we can give like on the first time because we have to follow like the recommendations of the state and some prices are like fixed by the state and can benefit from a discount and and so um what I'm curious about is like you, so you're a professional dentist and you came to Denmark um to work what is your perception of the attitude towards dental care in Denmark um, uh, in comparison to, to France where you were before? 
uh, I got like first very surprised um, because well the thing is I moved to Denmark for my ex-girlfriend so well we don't do that well as you can hear but I didn't move like for for work but uh, yeah I ended up like finding a job here I was supposed to move to Norway afterwards but I was well I can't stay here because I didn't want to leave Copenhagen on a bad picture and the first thing that I noticed is that Danish people they are like very very good teeth compared to fr to compared to French people uh, it's prob like it's mostly linked to the prevention that is like given to to kids and teenagers in Denmark and that was actually the topic of my thesis I wrote my thesis in, in France about the Danish uh, healthcare system like for dentists and like oral health in, in general and like the, the the main focus like of the Danish system is like to place prevention like in the in the first frame and that's very interesting to see like all those repercussions on adults now because every time I see like a new patient if it's a French one I'm gonna use like an hour or like 45 minutes and if it's a Danish one I'm gonna use like 30 minutes because like there is like a big difference it's it's very impressive actually I, I would not expect to have like such big difference you know because sometimes between the literature and the reality there is like a big gap but that wasn't the case actually that was like really exactly what I wrote about actually. I, I do believe we have really good uh, dental care. So like I mentioned, yeah. I've, I've been also having like free dental uh, checkups throughout my childhood. Yeah. But there comes a point then after where wh once it's not affordable anymore, you stop going. And personally, I stopped going to the dentist yeah. years ago. I think I've been to the dentist twice in the past 10 years. Please don't hold it against me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I won't judge <laughs> you. also can't see my teeth, Louise, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very disappointed about that, by the way. But so I'm curious that uh, what we hear um, an issue amongst a lot of internationals is that the, the dental care here is very expensive. And when and this documentary mentions the A team and the B team, so whether you can afford it or not. And as an international, you have an extra amount of expenses and less kind of social security, as opposed to a lot of Danes oftentimes. I mean, in your opinion, is dental care in Denmark expensive? Yes, uh, I really think that it's expensive. And like for the first like three, four months, it like it was very hard for me to charge the patients. Uh, when I have to tell them the price, to announce the prices, I was like, I'm sorry, it's not on me, that's not my fault, this is how it is in Denmark, I can't control the prices. Uh, I really felt like very, very bad about it, and still sometimes, you know, like compared to friends, like, just like an example, when you remove a wisdom teeth here, it's like between 2,000 kroner and 3,000 kroner. In France, it's like 30 euros, which is 200 uh, kroner. So, in France, it's very cheap, uh, so we have to like have some like kind of tricks to to be able to 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 be profitable because it's of course a company that you run as well. But yeah, maybe that could be like nice to find like a like a, um like a thing like in between because in France in France it's very cheap here it's very expensive, and yeah, so something like in between could be could be nice, um, because the thing is like for example in France we are like really pushed to to make crowns to make like a, a lot of expensive treatments. That are not necessarily needed while here in Denmark I can really focus on what is the best option for the patient because the average price is going to be the same at the end so that's that's I would say that it's very profitable for the for the quality of the treatments for the patients to to be treated here in Denmark um, but of course it's more expensive so that would be that would be like the, the biggest difference I would say so at the beginning, I didn't really understand why it was like that expensive. But now, like with a few months, I've been working here for like eight months now or something. It kind of makes sense um, because I use a lot of time like 
personally, I don't know like how it is for the dentists, but I use like twice more time as much as I used to do to, to use in France, for example, with my patients to be proud of my treatments and to make them last as long as possible. So in a way, I don't know, it's maybe like they're gonna last a way longer, like twice longer or something. So the price could worth it. Could be worth mm. it. Yeah. So do you you don't definitely feel like you have more time to care for your patients in the right way is what I hear you saying. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And um, another thing I'm curious about is how long are the waits in your clinic right now? Is there a long waiting time from, from calling in to getting an appointment? Or what, how many days are we talking? No, it, it really depends. Uh, usually, so it's like in the same like as the other clinics, it's like in Copenhagen, I mean, it's an average of like two or three days. And if it's like an acute patient, I, I can always try to receive like them in the day they call. So, but there is like there is not a lack of dentists here in Copenhagen. Because mm. the thing we're we're also um, curious about is is this aspect of whether dental care should be free as like healthcare in Denmark because we pay almost fifty percent taxes, and it has been a push or um, some politician that thought this could be a good idea. But what we see with general practitioners is that oftentimes the waiting time is up to several weeks before you can get a simple appointment for checking a fever or cold sore, whatever it could be, and so. If we open the floodgates, so to speak, uh, and make dental care free, do you think the same thing could happen? It's actually a very good point that you're saying, because in France, uh, dental care is part of the of the general health care, so it's free. Uh, the patient, they have to, okay, they have to advance the, they have to advance like the, the fees and then they, they get refunded by the state. But the thing is like in France, uh, I had like a clinic next to, next to Nice in the south of France, and the waiting list like was three, four months. That was insane. And I had to see like 20 patients a day. Here I'm seeing like eight, 10 patients, maximum 10. In France, that was like 20 patients. I feel like I was, I felt like I was working in a factory. That was like terrible. That was like 60 hours a week. And even though I was working very hard and a lot, and I would see like a lot of patients, there was still like a huge list. And I had to say, I had maybe like 20, 30 calls every day. People would drive like three hours to come to my clinic. And not because I'm like, they wanted to see me, but because I was like the only dentist like in this area. So it's when it's more accessible, it's probably people go, they don't think twice about it. Mm. Well, also I think that the density of, of, of dental clinics, because what I hear you saying is that there, there weren't so many dental clinics where you were operating, but that's not the case in Copenhagen. There are quite a few dental clinics here. Yeah, exactly. But this is like this is also the, like the same in, in like all over the world. Like in big cities, like that's where people stay. So there are like always like a, a lot of dentists. But dentists, and that's the case for me as well. I don't want to work like in the countryside. Like I'm young, alone. So I want to be like I want to also have like a social life. So I want to stay like in big cities, you know. And that's the case for a lot of people. So that's also why uh, there are like a lot of dentists. Like the density is quite high in this kind of big cities. While at the same time. It's, there is like a big lack of dentists in the countryside. From your point of view, um, what what do you think would be a good way forward? Like, what do you think could be done to improve dental care or accessibility to affordable dental care here in Denmark, besides giving out uh, 500 krona vouchers? No, well, the 500 krona voucher is like very anecdotic. This is not something like that's gonna really help. It's just like, it's kind of a commercial -like thing, to be honest. Uh, but I, I really think that giving some free treatments or like maybe bringing like part of the dentist of the dental treatments in the general health like system could be could be worth it. I mean, 
not everything because like kind of honestly the, the french system is like very well made like for for this uh except for the private except for some prices for example as i said but like maybe implementing some acute pain treatments or that could be like a nice thing to a nice thing to make them free for for the patients uh, because some patients they don't go they don't show up to the clinic uh, or they like they stay in pain because they can't afford it and I think it's very sad it's very unethical and it makes me very sad not to be able to treat them sometimes and of course if someone shows up at my clinic I I, I will treat them like no matter what uh, this is how I think but yeah this is sometimes it's very disappointing to to see people not taking care of them because they can't it's just because of, of the of those prices so but there is something actually that people don't really know about is that they can receive help from the commune from the from the commune uh, not a lot of people know about that so sometimes like the commune can cover like all the fees for for dental chaos so they have to apply they have to ask they have to give like a lot of papers administration you know and then they can receive like quite a lot of help but that's something that should be like maybe promoted a bit more because most of the patients don't know they know nothing about it and what kind of uh, treatments are that because I, I assume that a regular checkup is not part of, of something that the commune would would cover no definitely not it's like more like big re rehabilitation like if someone is like missing a lot of teeth and it's like a denture and it's like a lot of feelings retinal treatments like if they have like a lot of infections it's more like for like big rehabilitation but it, it can also be like for small feelings for some patients if they have like no incomes at all and they really want to be treated they can also like ask uh, the community to 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 help but yeah but no like for the yeah just to to, to finish with like with those for the regular checkups it's not uh, it's not like it's not going to be like to be say, taken by the, by the commune unfortunately but that could be like a good idea for example just to to help the patients like if they go to the dentist once a year for example you know so which means that they take care of them that they take care of themselves so maybe then they could involve like a big reduction when it comes to to the dentist if they're if they have something one day you know it's like it could be like a 50 50 so it, because in france we have this problem as well like some people they never show up to the dentist and they show up like once every 10 years and they come oh doctor i'm, I'm very sore and then you're like yeah but come on it's been like 10 years i can't like i can like solve everything like in two seconds so maybe finding like this way of like pushing like making the patient like come to us once a year or like twice a year just just for like a regular checkup and then if something happened like keep them like just cover covering like the, the their their fees that could be something like to me that that we work like perfectly so cut make the the smaller expense yeah. checkups as well free anyway because they because they're anyway a smaller expense and then still keeping maybe the big ones Exactly. I'm sure that that would be profitable. I'm sure. I'm convinced that it would be profitable for the state and for the patients. I was going to ask, is your attitude towards this, you're saying that you're really sad that people don't come to the dentist more regularly and they come maybe every 10 years. Um, do you think if there was a, a kind of state-funded system where it was maybe like a state-funded checkup, where it was a flat fee, do you think that the industry in Denmark would receive that? Or do you think they would be more looking to make profits? Or what do you think the... But that's, that's kind of the case, like, today. Um, if I get the question, it's like, there is, like, the, the, the fee, like, for the checkup is, like, it's fixed by the state. And okay. it's, like, pretty low, actually. 
it's like like for the world checkup for example oh, but it depends like how many problems you have mm. but for like a regular checkup it's like 781 kroner like no matter where you go in denmark it's gonna be the same price okay. and it includes like a checkup and uh like x-rays and like a tooth cleaning so yeah. there is already like this 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 stuff like settled by the state but the, and this price is like is nothing compared to like fillings or tooth removals or yeah yeah i didn't even know that that there's a fixed price there, I, I, I knew that there was um, um, there's a fixed like cap upper cap because otherwise every dentist could sort of just either do it as cheap or as yeah. expensive as they want. But I but I feel like I know the general fear, and I don't think this is just a, a Denmark system or a, a Danish kind of perspective. But the fear that you go in, you're like, okay, okay, I am gonna invest these yeah. 700 kroners in the checkup. Fair enough. And you go in, and it turns out there's a bigger problem, yeah. and all of a sudden you have all that savings you were gonna spend on. Who knows what the trip to Bahamas <laughs> um, or the next Eula Kalena, yeah, uh, is gonna is gonna go to your to your teeth instead, mm. um, you know. And I think that's what's scaring a lot of people from from coming in. I mean, do, would you agree with that? No, I totally agree. I'm very afraid to announce people that they have cavities or that they have like treatments that need to be done. I'm like, I'm sorry because then they always ask the price, and I'm like, it's a lot. It's really a lot, and. So yes, I totally understand that people they don't want to come, or sometimes it happens as well that people come, and you tell them that they have like cavities or that they have like problems that need to be fixed, and then they just don't show up again. And I know that they're gonna show up like in a couple of years when it's going to be like worse. Mm. Is it a lot more for to fix a cavity in Denmark and than in France? Like a oh, lot. Yeah. And why do you more. think that is? So we need to go to France then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, but that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like the quality of the treatments is like better here. Or at mm. least for okay. my treatments, they're like way better because you can't like you can't make the, the same thing in like twenty minutes or like in an hour. So in France, I would use like twenty minutes here. I would I use an hour. So it's like I'm like a way more proud of what I do here. But why? Uh, first of all, because the French. Okay, in France, like all the prices are fixed. Dentists they can't choose anything except on crowns and this kind of stuff. That's why a lot of dentists, they would rather, they would rather make crowns instead of like just normal fillings. But the prices, the prices are fixed uh, in France for most of the treatments, I would say for like 75 of the treatments. So you can choose them and they are like the same since uh, 1980. They, so yeah, so that's, that makes no sense either. Uh, but I think in the other way, they're like really dragging us like, um, compa like compa contrary to, on the contrary um, to here. So the thing is, yeah, it's, I don't know how to explain that because we use almost the same products. And also the taxes are kind of the same when it comes to the dentist. Uh, I, when I was in France, I would pay like 52 per uh, percent of taxes. So okay. which was like oh, quite wow. a lot as well. Yeah. yeah. Which is like kind of the same year. I don't even know like how much I pay here because, oh my God, like this like paper, like the salary is so weird. They're like taxed for everything. They're like yeah. so many lines. I'm like, okay. Like <laughs> and and you just, you like straight away go to the years. number at the bottom and figure out what am yeah, I actually exa getting? Exa <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly. So I don't even know like how much taxes I pay here, but I'm like, okay, it's fine. But, but yeah, so, um, so, so yeah, so I, I, I don't know actually why. Uh, probably because also because of the cost of the cost of life in general. Like the cost of life is way more expensive here in Denmark. So I I have a question because you say of course that your work is uh, you feel like you can put more quality into your work here in Denmark, but if you look at sort of the the level of dentistry in Denmark compared to France, 
um, looking at your, your co-workers and these things. How does that compare then? What is the, the level of, of a trained dentist here in Denmark? That's a good question. I feel like young dentists in France are quite good because we have a very, very good formation. Uh, like the university, like to be a dentist in France, is like, it's like six to seven years. It's very hard to get in. And then the formation, like the quality of the formation is very, very good. But the level like decreases after like two or three years when we start to have like our own business and we have to run it. So we we start not to take time. But like at the beginning, like when we all start, when we all like quit university, we, we love like taking our time because at uni we only see like three or four patients a day. So and the teachers are like behind us to tell us, okay, you have to do it this way, you have to do it this way. Just they want to, to make us like the, the best, as, as good as possible, of course. And then like after two or three years, you know, we keep like having this routine and seeing 20 patients a day. So, so that's more like this way. While here in Denmark, it feels like young dentists maybe are not like the most skilled, but then they, they become like very, very good with, with experience. I would say, yeah. Uh, and how long is the education in Denmark to be a dentist? Is it it's the same five as years. France? It's five years, but the, okay, um, nice. but we spend like a way more time in France with uh, with the patients during during the education. I think it's interesting what you're saying is that it's this balance of the quality of the care and the price yeah. of the care, and it's it's the idea would to be able to find to strike a balance between the two, to ensure that you both get a qualitative care, long term care as well. Uh, so that you know that you're set for the many years yeah. ahead with good teeth, strong teeth, but that you can also afford it. So it doesn't become, it be, you understand that it's a good investment rather than all of a sudden you have to completely change your financial situation. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's totally what I, what I mean. I'd rather like make something more expensive that it's going to last 20 or 30 years. So when you bring it like to the price per year, it's going to be cheaper than like a cheap treatment that needs to be redone every five years, for example. But then, yeah, of course, it's very hard to 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 like invest this this amount of money like in one time. I totally understand that. And so, maybe just to round it off, yeah. like what what is your advice um, to people as it is now with the system in terms of dental care? What would be your advice to internationals here in Denmark who are afraid of spending the money on the dental care? Floss twice a day. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, I would say. Um, Okay, I hope my boss is not going to listen to me, but I would say, I would say, no, no, like, if you can, like, have a checkup, or, like, here in Denmark, they could be very nice, but sometimes if you can get your treatments done in your country for your financials, it's gonna, it's gonna be, like, cheaper, but the quality might not be as good, that's a risk you're gonna take, so be sure of the dentist you're gonna choose if you go back home, that's, that's what I tell to my patients, but I have a lot of French patients, they come to see me, and they just like have their checkup and everything. And I'm like, okay, so you have like a cavity here, a cavity here, a cavity here. And then they go back to France, get it done. And it happened like twice actually. And then they come back to my place and they're like, oh, I'm still like a bit sore. And I'm like, yeah, that was, that was the race. You took this race, but now it's going to be like more expensive actually, because I will have to remove the old, like the, the, the thing that the French dentist has done. And then I will have to do it again. So it's kind of a game. It's like either you take a risk or you just want to be sure. And yeah. But I would say also it's also part of the game because a lot of international people, they move to Denmark because they have better incomes here. And that's also part of the game to like to, 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 to be part of the society and to use the Danish system. I mean, 
you, you, you can't like get the best of both worlds. Money is in everything and, you know, in yeah. investment is also part of, of gaining something back. So. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. Like, because like, I, like if your auditors, like they hear, they hear me, I pay a lot of taxes here. So it's gonna, it's going to help like your children going to school. It's going to help mine one day if I have some. It's, you know, it's like just being part of the society. So I'm very happy to pay taxes here in Denmark because I know that like then, like the, the streets are clean, everything like healthcare is free. Um, there are like a lot of things. School is free as well, and students are paid to go to school, which is amazing. And so, yeah, so I would I would say going to the dentist is like here in Denmark is like is is fair. I feel it's kind of unfair actually not to go to Denmark when you live in Denmark when you benefit from all the Danish system. And I I I don't feel like it's it's wrong, but it's kind of unfair and unethical to go back home to to be like your treatments done. That's what I think. I like this kind of circle of life mentality. It's like, go yeah. to your dentist so they can pay their taxes so you can get your unemployment yeah. benefits if you end up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or your children can go to school. Like that would be like a better comic. Well, there you go. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, I, I feel like it has to be, like when you live in a country, you have to be like part of it because that's how, that's how it works. Like, and sometimes I'm kind of annoyed with my friends. You know, They're like, oh yeah, but I'm going to wait to go to France to do that and to do that. But I'm like, then it's like you're just like getting a salary in Denmark and you're like going abroad to do everything. It's that's not how it works because then if you like need help, you're gonna be very happy to be here in Denmark again. So, and you're gonna be happy that people stayed in Denmark and paid the, the, their taxes in Denmark. So, so yeah, but same in France. It's kind of the same in France, but like it's another level. But, um, well, thank you, Louis, for joining us. I'll probably be by the clinic soon with my teeth. Yeah, I'll probably have to go as well. I've I've already admitted. (laughs) You're the most welcome. Like, feel free, feel free to to, to come whenever you want. I can even speak a bit of Danish if you want. There we go. Good. Oh, wow. (laughs) You say that now, but then you'll be digging out my teeth. Like, oh, why did I say yesterday? All right, that was Louise. Thank you for that. Um, So how do you feel about going to the dentist now? I've never been here. (laughs) To be, okay, so the last time I went, I was fourteen. That's I've, really uh, I've I've been t- okay. I've been to the dentist then, but I, I think I went to the dentist uh, last time when it was for free when I was eighteen, mm. and then I came back to Denmark in two thousand eighteen, and that had been that was the first time in maybe oh god, must have been seven years I went to see the dentist. I yeah. lived three and a half years in the UK, yeah. didn't, and I came back home and I remember the look on my dentist's face when I walked in yeah. and said, I haven't been in six years and her eyes just like bust yeah. open. She was like, okay, we better get you in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been, I'm too, it's the financial cost of it. I can't, because mm. as he, as Louis said, you go for a checkup, but then it's like, yeah, the other stuff is the expensive stuff. Exactly. But as he also said, is that, you know, if you find out now you can prevent it. Whereas you find yep. out too late, that's when you're going to lose your teeth or you're going to have an even more expensive procedure put in. And yep. the thing is, we, we tend to forget that without our teeth, first of all, um, if you get infections in your, your mouth, that can go into your bloodstream and that could cause all kinds of other issues. But also, without your teeth, you know, you, know, you, you, you cannot eat. There are so many things. The quality of yep. life goes down. And in, in this documentary, I think there's one of the cases they look at. She, I think she had like almost no teeth left and, and it even changed her like facial expression yeah. so her her self-confidence was down because she didn't she didn't feel like smiling there's just all these kind of things so if we just talk in terms of quality of life yeah might be a good idea to go to the dentist yeah 
and I also advise to check internationals, check your kind of health care uh, policies. Because mm. a lot of jobs now, like within my pension and in jobs I've had before, there is like a health care policy mm. in there. Um, like I mentioned a little bit earlier on this, that I have it covered in my uh, pension plan because mm. I work an air like I work as an air steward, so it's like I with the pressure. If I have a bad filling, it can really like affect my like it's dangerous because mm. the pressure changes. But like I've had in uh, jobs in offices where the pension plan covers, you know, it doesn't cover it all, but it gives you the discount. Yeah, and I think also um, health insurance Denmark that we mentioned earlier. Um, look into it, like look in what other different options, consider what is it that you do for a living, for what is, how often do you go travel and, and because it might even be worth it as well because being part of that you can also get um, some of the money you pay for dental care you can get back, sometimes you can get all of it back yeah. and it also gives you uh, an option in terms of like travel health insurance and yeah. all kinds of other subsidies. So just consider like where you're at in life, what you do for a living yeah. and what your ne- needs are. And then it might be worth paying the three to 400 kronas a month. It, uh, yeah. Whatever it is at this point, uh, <laughs> I can't remember when the last time I paid for it, but, um, but also like that's the other what you pay. Yeah. And then what, what you get back is a lot more, you know, they also, the other stuff with, uh, with Denmark, the, mm. the insurances, you can get discounts on prescriptions with that. You know, every time I get a prescription, they always ask me, are you a member? So yeah, check it up. And mm. as Louis said, check the commune. Maybe you're, maybe you can get a grant if you're in need. A lot of internationals don't, look into that mm. eh? because yeah as we talked about before in this podcast there's that barrier there with the language but you know check it out google translate it see what you can do as a, as he said you pay taxes in this country mm. there are benefits to that and yeah just do do a day a saturday where you you said what am i supposed to do they just set off a couple of hours to to dive into the bureaucracy that is <laughs> danish <laughs> online municipality website yeah. but it will be worth it because you will get out yeah. a lot wiser about what is actually how is the system actually there for you remember they're only open the phone lines are only open from 10 until 10 30 <laughs> that's just me it's such a service day. channel cam <laughs> it's just, unbelievable yeah. next week on psa no. <laughs> <laughs> so right. yeah but yeah, that has been this for this week and our lovely 1st of December non-Christmas special. But, you know, we have a whole month b- to get absolutely insane about Christmas. And in my case, Hanukkah. Yeah. So. 